I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who's also been listed as day-to-day. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Day-to-day is correct. Uh, technically, so, technically, he was out today for his other uh, job. Uh, yes, I was out <laughs> today. Uh, gosh, I've been so my my son came back from his like preschool thing last week. Those and, dirty schools, how dare they? And like the day after. He had like one of those little like viruses and threw up some, and it's like a tidal wave. Like you, the waves coming to hit your house. And it's like once he started throwing up, you're like, dang it, it's inevitable at this point. One of one of my wife and I is going to get sick, and yeah, it was just brutal. And then yesterday, I got it, and it's hopefully it's one of these like 24, 48 hour viruses. So I've been up all night throwing up, and it's the. It's not fun. And I'm sitting here doing this podcast. Good sign, but I'm like pouring with sweat right now. So hopefully I'm like losing my fever and all that stuff. Also, we talked for a good, you know, maybe 20 minutes before we started doing the podcast. And he said some things that made absolutely no sense. So this should be a fun pod. If he starts making absolutely no sense in his sentences, just know it's because he's sick and his brain is not all there. (laughs) That is is very true. This should be a good podcast for Hot Take Isaac. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. (laughs) Throw him at me. On the show today, we're going through the news. <sighs> Sadly, there has been a death in the family. So we'll talk about we'll talk talk about the end of an era for the Mavericks. We'll also talk about the OKC game that's coming tonight and some things that we can watch for for this game as well as the rest of the preseason. And so we'll get into all that. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Uh-oh. Today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one in men's. Manscaped is number one. Is the number one? Is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. There's a space in locked on. So if you go there, manscaped.com, 20% off. That's one fifth. I don't know if you knew that, Isaac. And free <laughs> shipping. You don't have to pay for shipping at manscaped.com. Do that. Do that. Okay. Yudi Baba, Yudai Baba, Ugh, has been heart, waved by the Dallas Mavericks. He is no longer on the Mavericks. You'd think that winning the rookie dance-off competition at the Mavs scrimmage meant something around here, but it doesn't what anymore. What are you doing, Donnie? Nothing what are you is, doing? Nothing is sacred. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you knew this was coming at some point, and they just decided to do it earlier? Uh, I don't understand the timing of it. It could be something that... Him and his agent, uh, as far as you die and his agent, maybe it's something that they're wanting um, um, as far as like maybe next steps for them, something overseas, something uh, another. I don't know what it is. Uh, Or it could be something to where Dallas is looking and saying, hey, let's bring in another guy for these last two games. Or, you know, they have the OKC game on Monday night and they have the Vancouver game uh, coming up soon. So, um, we'll see. It takes it down to 19. They still got to cut two more players, uh, assuming they don't do anything with the two-way guys. So, um, 
they just decided to cut Bob up before everyone else. Yeah, there's two guys we're definitely looking at, so we're just waiting for those guys to get cut. Um, also, a couple of newsy things. Jalen Brunson with a left hamstring and Dorian Finney-Smith with a hip flexor sat out of practice on Saturday. or No, sat out of, yeah, sat out of practice on Saturday, and they are both day-to-day and will not play against the Thunder. We also know that Dwight Powell is not going to play against the Thunder, but he's out for the, all of preseason, so that's not new news. Uh, are you nervous about Brunson or Dorian? No. Yeah. I mean I yeah, I mean I literally talked to him after the game the other day and he was he was fine and I guess it could have been something yeah in practice, but um no, not nervous about Sounds it. just precautionary, so we're not super worried. I'm not nervous about the Dwight thing either. I think they're just being um cautious with that too. And if Dwight Nick and I were texting about this, but my thing is if, if Dwight starts missing regular season games, then I'll start getting a little bit more worried. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we're there. Also for the, for the Thunder, uh, Stephen Adams, Chris Paul, Andre Roberson will all be out against the Mavericks, so you will not see any of those guys. Stephen Adams will not hit a three against the Mavericks, nor will he destroy everyone in the lane. Chris Paul will, will also be out. He won't get to complain to the refs at all during the game. He probably will from the bench. Yes. And also, your boy, Nerlens Noel, is day-to-day, so we're not sure if we're going to see him or not. But, uh, yeah, so both teams kind of deal with some injuries. The injuries are... are running rampant throughout the league right now uh so that's the news isaac before we move on and talk about this game and talk about the rest of the preseason let's get to some five star itunes review questions you guys have been great in sending in your questions and we wanted to hit some of these while we have an off day from games this one is from crutchability with a k Mm. Question, how do you think the Mavs 2014-15 season would have gone if they didn't make the rondo trade i remember if i remember right they had and quote historic offense before the trade well you're right crutchability you're right that they had a historic offense i'm pretty sure we did a what if about this right yeah we did i'm pretty sure we did a what if so you're gonna have to go back in the archives search for that i've tweeted the what ifs that we've done in the past so just search twitter do like an advanced search for uh, what ifs and in, in my Twitter and you'll be able to find some of that but I'm pretty sure we did that uh, and I think we went through and I think we decided that they probably would have won a first round series but not a second one that's just me trying to recall it from a year ago but yeah I don't uh, think what they, was his exact question again how would they have how would they have done if they didn't make the Rondo trade uh yeah well, I've had the same stance on the Rondo thing all along I didn't mind it at the time. I was excited about it at the time. And in hindsight, I mean, obviously in hindsight, you're like, oh, dang, they shouldn't have made the deal. But it's still a move that you make nine out of ten times because they looked at a situation. They had Jameer Nelson out running their point guard spot. And, you know, they they looked at the situation and said, hey, we're good. We have a good offense. But is there a move that we can make to be great? Is there a move that we, we think we're good and we think we'll make the playoffs and we might be able to win a round, but do we have the pieces in Monte, Chandler Parson at the time, Tyson there, Dirk? Like, do we have the pieces to, if we could get another high impact player, could that push us into like a championship type of you know, team? And that's what they believed with the Rondo thing. They made the move and it obviously didn't work out. So, yeah, could they have won one playoff series that. Just like you said, I, I probably that, sure. And another question from Nerdstone Sucks. Hey, Nick and Isaac, I've been a loyal listener of the pod for two years now, making your pod a part of my daily routine. We appreciate everyone that makes this part of their daily routine. Uh-huh. That is awesome. Do you guys have any NBA jerseys or what jersey would you want to get? Keep up all your hard work. Raccoon Squad. 
Wow. I have a bunch of jerseys from when I was a kid. They're all super random. Uh, I have a Kobe jersey, a uh, number eight jersey. I have a Lakers uh, Shaq 34 jersey. I also, I was a huge Shaq fan as a kid, and so I got a Shaq Miami Heat jersey as well uh, because I just loved Shaq so much. I didn't really care for the Heat that much, but I just loved Shaq. I also have Vince Carter. <laughs> it's on my wall. of number 15 New Jersey Nets jersey. <laughs> like an authentic one yes i have no idea why i decided to get that as a kid i think i went to the store and my grandma said for your birthday pick out two jerseys and so i think i picked the shack one and then the the nets one i also have a magic johnson lakers jersey i also have a real um like preseason game worn jersey from the magic which is like the the black pinstriped with the the star in the middle of orlando uh, it's a pretty cool jersey my uncle gave that one to me i have a carmelo Nuggets jersey and I think that's all the jerseys I have and the jersey I need to get is is Dirk for sure I need to get a Dirk and like frame it and put it up somewhere um but yeah that's that's what I think I need to get oh man um yes growing up jerseys was my thing and um I honestly I I literally I just can't name all of them I mean Ben Wallace Jason Kidd Matumbo Barkley Carl Malone um Vince Carter, couple MJ, couple Dirk, T Mac, uh, Carmelo Nuggets jersey, like you. Um, I'm just. Is that the only one we have in common? I guess so. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I need to get a Luca one at some point. Yeah. That's what, okay. Uh, Do, okay. I've always wondered this. Do you find it weird to wear jerseys of someone that's younger than you? I've always found that weird. No, I don't care. I don't care about that. I'm weird about it. I don't know. I think it's more weird now when, like, for, like, media people. Now that, like, that I talk to the people, that, yeah. that, that's that been weird for me. Of yeah, when weird. I had a Harrison Martin's North Carolina player tee yeah. that I would play pickup in sometimes, and then I'm, like, I'll would see him at a game and talk to him whatever and i'm like oh, i guess that's kind of weird but also he made no money off that player teaser that is very true so there you go that's the jerseys that we have that's our five-star itunes review questions we appreciate everyone that sends in five-star itunes reviews we're going to get to all of them uh we're working our way through all of them so keep them going uh we've got to every question so far coming up next we will discuss what to watch for in the mavs game versus the thunder and through the rest of the preseason coming up all right, Isaac. So we know that Brunson is out. Dorian Finney-Smith is out. Dwight Powell is out. Uh, Steven Adams is out. Chris Paul is out. Is there still things to watch for in this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think as long as Luka and KP are playing, I mean, even without them, you want to watch, you want to see uh, one of the biggest storylines around this Mavericks team is the supporting cast and who's going to step up to the plate uh, in the supporting cast. But but yeah, I mean, at, at this point, Luke and KP are playing. They didn't play against uh, OKC uh, in that first preseason game uh, in Tulsa. So even though Chris Paul and them won't be playing now, they, they'll still have um, Gilgis Alexander. Gosh, um, that's it. So, Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, Gallo. I, I like Gallo. Gallo's and the good. man, Terrence Ferguson. Oh my gosh, I forgot about <laughs> Terrence Ferguson. You got a game plan uh, for that guy. Yeah, you do. He can jump. That's about it. But uh, no, it, um, 
Yeah, as long as they're playing, you're going to be excited about that. You want as much chemistry they can grow together and be on the court together. You want that to happen. And and still, you want to see, I mean, I think Justin Jackson's shooting, what, 45% from three uh, in these first three preseason games. Can he continue that? Uh, who's going to start alongside KP and uh, and Luka again? Especially, you want to see who OKC starts. Um, if Steven Adams, obviously he's not playing like, let's say they put Nerlens in there with Gallo. Um, yeah. What will they do? Will they put Maxi back in there? Like they did that first time they played OKC. Well, they didn't have KP in that game. Never mind. Um, yeah, it's all different. You can't really look at the first game yeah. and try to compare it because it's just so different with Luca and KP. The first two things that I thought of when, you know, what to watch for were obviously every single game this year and probably next year too, is just Luca and Porzingis chemistry. Every single game is going to be about that. That's the first thing you watch for is to figure out how they're going to play off of each other. And this is the third time we're going to see them together. And just to continue watching for that, there's always something to watch when there's Luca and Porzingis on the floor with Porzingis specifically though, we're, we're looking to see if he's going to get any inside looks, any looks inside the arc. Cause right now we're seeing him get a lot of catch and shoot threes, a lot of, you know, top of the key stuff, trailer stuff, a lot of um, you know, pick and pop stuff, a ton of pick and pop stuff, a little bit of some some pick and roll stuff. But we haven't seen him get a ton of looks inside the arc where he's catching it, posting, spinning around. And he did a lot of that with New York. Uh, his first bucket ever as a Maverick in the preseason was that where he grabbed the ball against Blake Griffin, spun around and, and took a shot. But we haven't seen a lot of that. And that was a big point of contention after the game uh, against the Bucks. And so I think that's something to look for. Uh, are they going to do that? If they come out and do that early, they try to get him, you know, some touches early and try to help, you know, get him into more of a rhythm. Then, you know, that's definitely something they tried to do, especially if they do it early. Yeah, I, I think if that could, if that's the number one thing that we're watching for on Monday night is what does the offensive game plan for Porzingis look like compared to Friday night against Milwaukee? Because it's like you said, after that, you know, after that Milwaukee game, a lot of us, even on our post-game pod, which go back and listen to that if you haven't, uh, Brunson, we talked about Brunson, his playing time that game. Brunson, uh, we put a little bit of audio from Brunson on Friday's pod. Oh, that was a weekend, we, weekend pod. We had the great quote about Dante DiVincenzo. If you haven't listened, <laughs> just listen for that one. Yes, it, it's, uh, it's a great quote. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, how can they, you know, Porzingis was talking about after the game. Tim McMahon tweeted out a few things about it, how he's just, he's trying to get used to this offensive system. He was used to this system in New York to where it, he kind of started off inside. He got the ball in the post a little bit, some turnaround shots. And he started out and then he, he kind of worked his way out, out outside. And in Dallas, you know, even these first couple of games that he's played in, it's just, or what, one game, two game? I said couple. Anyway, um, Porzingis played in two games. Two games. That's what it is. Um, he's that's, picking a pop at Nick Isaac coming on. <laughs> Stop it, Nick. <laughs> um, he's picking a pop in a ton, and he he said he said I'm not used to shooting three after three after three. We want him to do that. We love that he can shoot the lights out, but he needs to get the ball like he did in that Detroit game in that first pass. That's why I said on that post game pod the other night, I said, I can guarantee you I'd put money down that his first shot attempt, his first bucket is going to be inside in, in near the paint uh, inside the three point line. They're going to try to get him going inside a little turnaround shot. No one can jump as high as him. Uh, they're probably going to put Nerlens on him, I guess, because I don't think Gallo will, will guard if him. He's going to play. Yeah. I was really wanting to see Steven Adams in this game because yeah, me too. 
I was wanting to see if he could guard, you know, if he was going to guard KP because that would give you a little bit of insight into how some of these like anchor type of centers guarding KP, trying to when KP's range pulling them out from the paint. You want to see how Steven Adams how like how far out he was going to go out on KP. So um, either way, Nerlens will probably you know guard him if he plays. But I want to see. Let's see how. Yeah, let's see the balance of inside outside tonight with KP. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I also wanted to see Steven Adams because one of the first things I thought of was how are the Mavericks going to defend big centers like that with Porzingis? Are they going to stick? Because we have we kind of saw it with Drummond. We kind of saw it with, with Giannis, I guess, but this doesn't really even count. <laughs> but how are they going to defend big guys like that that demand some, some attention inside? Because Steven Adams is one of those guys that, that demands attention like that. The other thing I thought of was um, guarding – um, Shea Gilgis Alexander because he had 24 points in 26 minutes last game and without Dorian Finney-Smith what do the Mavericks do? <laughs> Who do they turn to? And uh, it, it may show us how important Dorian is because he's the best wing defender. Well, I think DeLon Wright will naturally guard him and that's especially with Chris Paul out. Yeah, especially with Chris Paul out. Um, I think DeLon Wright will match up with him and that should be a fun matchup for two big, uh, bigger guards. Uh, but it kind of goes into the in that question of the fifth starter and the Justin Jackson and Tim Hardaway and Dorian. And this is why I still stick on the, my point of I, I really want Dorian to start with this team because I, I want that defender in Dorian in that starting in that starting lineup. And even I don't like pulling out the percentage of like, oh, Justin Jackson shooting 45% from three, yeah. blah, 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 in three games. Well, Dorian's shooting 40, 42.9% from three in his first three preseason games too. It's not much different than running Justin Jackson. And he plays really good defense. So I... I lean towards Dorian because especially we ha- they haven't went up against a, a like a premier. Uh, well, you see like Giannis. If you want to say he's perimeter, well, I don't even know what you would. He's classify not. That's the thing. He's, he's so he's he's so different. <laughs> he's a perimeter big. Just as weird. yes, he gets most of his stuff done inside. So like you can get away with not starting Dorian and starting somebody like Justin Jackson against Detroit because they have Tony Snell. And but when you play Milwaukee, you saw him starting Dorian because of Giannis. So how many teams across the league have somebody at that on the perimeter at that wing spot that you would want to start Dorian on? I would say it's a majority a of lot, teams, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean a lot. So that's why I really want to see Dorian in the starting lineup. And we almost we might need to because uh, we're we're gonna <laughs> encounter a lot of those teams, and defense seems to be a thing that's going to be a big issue. And I'm not comfortable with throwing DeLon Wright on these like top people either. He's got to guard the point guard. There's two. I mean, yeah. we know you go through all the teams in the league. How how many of them have like really good point guards? There's a ton of them. So most nights he's gonna have to guard the point guard. I mean, yeah, when you look at somebody like the Clippers, he might not have to guard Patrick Beverly, but he's gonna have to guard somebody like Paul George or something like that. But you can't rely on DeLon. Like if you start Justin Jackson or you start. Tim Hardaway or something like that. One of those two guys, because Luca's not one of those two guys, it's going to be taking on the Paul George, the you you insert wing player uh, as far as de- defense wise. That's why I want Dorian in there. I also I wanted to make a point back to our conversation about uh, Porzingis getting early touches inside to try and help his rhythm. Uh, I think Kirk pointed this out that Delon Wright and Justin Jackson both seem to be guys that need to get touches and need to get 
shots to get in their rhythm because we've seen that the first game against OKC, we saw Justin Jackson get some early touches and score, you know, 14 points pretty easily. Uh, we haven't really seen Dor- we haven't really seen Delon Wright get a lot of rhythm and <laughs> score a lot. And hit I don't a lot even know. I don't even know what rhythm looks like for Delon Wright. He's never been like a volume shooter. He's never with, been. With Justin th- Jackson was that at North Carolina, yeah. so I get the rhythm part for Justin Jackson, but I don't. I don't even know if like Delon. I think rhythm. DeLon Wright, I think yeah. rhythm for Delon Wright is not necessarily shooting. I think it's more just a rhythm, handling the ball and attacking and actually you know creating buckets for himself and others a la what we saw in memphis with him uh and so uh he he pointed both those those players out and i wonder how the mavericks are going to get those guys involved and i think that's luca's next step as uh the point guard if he is the point guard then he has to help get everybody involved he has to do the mike conley thing where mike conley has i read an article about him a while ago where he has like this clock in his head of okay this person needs to get the ball now this person needs to get the ball now because he knows when the last time everybody touched the ball and he helps get everybody involved in order to keep the offense flowing. Because if you're a guy and you're just playing and you don't get the ball for five minutes, 10 minutes, then you know, you, you lose some rhythm there, especially if you're a guy that needs that, like, like Justin Jackson seems to be. Yeah. And I think, well, the going to be a guy that his stat line most nights is going to be what eight to 10 points, five or six boards, in a what five assists or something like that four assists it's going to just be this steady stat line because he's going to be doing all the other stuff uh, in the starting lineup I want to see when he has the ball I want to see how they use Luca off the ball and bringing him off screens getting more catch and shoot opportunities for Luca because that's when you think about how they built this team or they're trying to build this team and, and putting these shooters on the floor, when you have a KP or Seth or somebody like that on shooters all in all five spots, something that you, you kind of do have to ask yourself sometimes, if Luca's not penetrating, do they have anybody else to take advantage of the spacing? Because like that's the like that's the thing of you have the spacing because you have somebody who can penetrate and get to the basket. You would love to see DeLon Wright be that person, too, that can also do that and put Luca on the wing at times to where it's not just Luca that you have four people spread out and Luca driving to the basket. You want to, like, having a secondary playmaker who can, not really playmaker, having a secondary penetrator, if that's a, like, that can, that can get to the paint at will. <laughs> Don't. Why? Sorry. It hurts to laugh right now. Don't throw up. But you you understand what I'm saying because even like DeLon can get to the rim, but it's not something he's not, he's not like, and honestly, I thought about this and just over these past three season games, this is literally three preseason games. I've literally thought about this of it's made more sense of them going after Kimba Walker, in my opinion of. Yeah. Yeah. We we knew they were going to need a guy like that. Having Kimba, I've thought about this, like Kimba's ability to get to the basket and to break defenders down like Luka does. You've kind of seen it just in three preseason games of, dang, I wish they, I I wish, I hope DeLon can turn into a guy that can also get to the basket and Luka's out on the wing and stuff like that. I still hold on to the the idea that I I think it was good in a way that they missed out on a guy like that because it might've been a little bit too much too soon. We still need to get Luca and Porzingis playing together and figuring out that two-man game. And if you introduce an A-level, 
you know, creator like Kemba Walker into that mix, it changes that that scenario. It makes the Mavericks better for sure. 100% makes the Mavericks better. We would 100% talk ourselves into, you know, bringing Kemba. But one of the positive things of missing out on Kemba Walker is that you get to now focus on the Porzingis-Luka chemistry. And I, I wish they would have been able to get a B level or even, you know, an, an average level, you know, creator like that. Uh, DeLon Wright is can be that i guess at times but we haven't really seen it so far with the mavericks and uh, brunson brunson is the like that that's the answer (laughs) like literally brunson is the other guy who can you've seen it just in these three games like he's gotten it to the paint he can dribble he can find the open so like it's yeah that's where some of the stuff with like hey brunson playing more stuff like that but um i understood Yes, I knew they would be better with with Kemba, and I'm glad how things turned out now. But it, it's just it's made more sense to me on court fit of why they went after Kemba more. Yeah, coming up, let's get into that. Let's get into the Jalen Brunson versus Delon Wright maybe conversation. Uh, also with JJ Barea, and then a stat that I think was just staggering that is definitely something we'll have to watch for in this next game. All right, Isaac. So. Let's get into the Jalen Brunson, DeLon Wright conversation because with Jalen Brunson out against OKC, is this DeLon Wright's time to show, probably not the coaches, the coaches probably already have their minds made up, but to show us that he deserves to be the starter and that he can be that guy? I mean, honestly, I don't think anything changes because Brunson barely played last game. So. But even when Brunson did come in and play, it was it was it was very clear to us that man, he is yeah. just playing at a, at a different level. And you know, Delon Wright has to show us something at least for for Twitter to to calm down <laughs> and to not be like, oh man, why is Brunson not playing? And you know, should Delon Wright not be the starter? And do you think that he has to show that in this game? Yeah, you know, and the rest it's of the preseason, too, I guess. You know, I think I think it's. Important for fans to also know that they they're asked two different things too. They're two different types of point guards. Brunson is a better scorer than Delon Wright. That's just point blank simple. Uh, but Delon Wright's a better defender, and he and he gives you a size at the point guard spot uh, that just Brunson just doesn't have. So it's kind of two different type of roles to where if Brunson comes in and, and we can all fall into this trap. If they bring Brunson off the bench as you know, and running the second unit and he's scoring a lot, he's running and everything, but then DeLon Wright has this, let's just use air quote, boring stat line of just the steady, you know, stat line, but that's what they ask of him. It, sometimes it's easy for fans to fall victim to that. And be like, well, oh, Jalen Brunson, look at him shooting threes yeah. and scoring all the time. Well, that's kind of like his role in that second unit too. So it's kind of twofold with that. But that that's why I don't I don't know what else. I think the biggest thing is him hitting the open threes. I don't think as far as what else can Delon show us. I don't think you're gonna see him out there isoing and like all this different stuff. What can he show us that he can hit the open three? That's the biggest thing for him because. It looks worse whenever he misses three open corner shots that Luka hits him on the dime with. He's wide open. He misses those. And then somebody like Jalen Brunson comes in and is getting into the paint, pump faking, getting to the line, hitting open threes. And you're like, dang, like what What if JB was in there? And so I just want to see him hit the open shots on Monday night. That would be great. It would be great. Him and Tim Hardaway. Awesome to see that. Speaking of open shots, the Mavericks so far through three games, teams are shooting forty point seven percent from three 
against mm-hmm. the Mavericks. They are 46 for 113. Uh, OKC was 13 of... Uh, no, OKC shot 50% on threes. I think they were 14 of like 28 or something like that. Uh, I wrote that number down down wrong but yeah they've shot 50 percent on their threes uh and and every team has hit at least 14 and i think detroit hit like 18 against the mavericks this is something to watch out for and what do the mavericks do to limit all these three-point attempts and all these hits because it's really hurting them right now so far in the preseason at least i don't i don't think there's hardly anything they can do i mean that's one, I think that's where the league is turning to, where everybody's going to be checking up shots. You look at just the Mavericks alone. We put a board debt bet down on 36 and a half. That last year they shot 36 threes a game, pretty much. And we put a board bet, hey, over or under, they're going to uh, attempt more threes this year. In two out of three preseason games, they've shot 50 or more three pointers. <laughs> so I just get, they shot 50 on Friday night against the Bucks. Uh, now they only hit, uh, well, they they hit sixteen of them, thirty two percent from three. But, um, but yeah, defending the three, uh, I think it comes into when yeah, when you have somebody like Dorian or somebody out there. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, they could put a bigger emphasis on it. But I don't. I honestly don't think you're going to be able to do a ton when it comes to opponents three points because people are going to chuck up the shots whether they're good shots or not. Sometimes. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, three games, that could just be teams got, got hot and they're hitting threes. Uh, I think that, you know, it is still preseason. We can't freak out about everything. Not everybody's playing 100% balls-to-the-wall defense. We've seen, we've seen that with the Mavericks, too. The Mavericks have gotten a lot of open looks from three, too. But, you know, and they've shot 50 in two of these games. So it's not like the, the Mavericks are not attempting these threes, too. Other teams have just and- gotten hot on these open shots, and the Mavericks have just missed a lot of them. Yeah, and it's and also they played Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee's yeah. one of the best teams in the league. They've built this team for three pointers around Giannis. I was looking at that team and I was like, man, Ilya Silva looks like somebody that shouldn't even like I'm like, is he still in the league? But yeah, I mean, what do you have? 18 points the other night off the bench, hit five threes off the bench for them. He's a guy they you forget have... is actually good. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, but when you look at the the three point shooters they put around put around Giannis. From Chris Middleton to even when Ilya Silva's in the game, they signed Kyle Kyle Korver. Brooke Lopez didn't um, even play against the Mavericks. Exactly, Brooke Lopez. I mean, whatever. Yeah, Wes Matthews. Neither did Malcolm. Bro- oh wait, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Uh, but yeah, Brogdon shot forty percent from three last year. So they they've they looked at Giannis and said, "All right, you're going to have the ball all the time. Now we got to surround you with shooters. The Bucks are going to hoist the three pointers up, and that's just what they do." So I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it a ton towards the Mavericks yet. Um, when the Bucks were one of those three games, yeah, that that it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit of an outlier um, with the with the Bucks. There's not a lot that you can really take from that game, and uh, especially with these, there's people. Posting like, oh, look at Giannis. Like, yeah, Giannis is going to score against anybody. <laughs> Even the best defenders in the league can't defend Giannis like that. So, uh, another thing, and this last thing, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Justin Jackson, I think, have a big opportunity with Dorian Finney-Smith out to to show something and step up in this game. Uh, we've seen Tim Hardaway Jr. clean up a little bit of the wild shots, and then just you know, after the first five minutes of the game, he goes back to. <laughs> He goes back to to what he's done and chucking up shots. Justin Jackson, uh, I think Kirk also tweeted this, that Justin Jackson had one rebound in the first three games, first two games maybe, and he's just got to show something else. I think he just has to do something else besides just scoring to be considered as the, the starter for the team. 
Yeah, I mean, I that's if for me, if you're looking at things to watch for on Monday night, besides the Luca and KP and fun highlights and all that stuff, I'm looking at how they use Porzingis offensively, and just like going into the preseason, will one of those wings step, you know, step forward and be the outlier of the other ones? Will Justin Jackson, Tim Hardaway, because uh, Hardaway he shot a little bit better uh, the other night, so we'll see. I I want Dorian to start. I think Tim Hardaway will start, and then yeah, but I don't know. It's a it could change. It literally could change every other game. We'll see. So there you go. That's what we think about this game against the OKC Thunder. Be excited. It's still Luka and Porzingis. We still have a lot of fun in games, so we'll be excited about that. We'll definitely have a post-game show talking about everything that happened in the game. So, guys, we'll hear from you then. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.